Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Be looking at two different passages of scripture as I start a new series today. Three or four messages in length, which I intend to conclude at our July 4th event. I'd encourage you to be part of that. You want to come, bring food to share. And if you like pig, we're going to be eating one. Psalm 11. I'm going to take it from verse 1, but verse 3 is our key verse, and then we'll go to Isaiah 58. If you're all there, say amen. And we do have notes. We'd encourage you to fill those in as we move along. Psalm 11 and verse 1. In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string. That they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Go to Isaiah Chapter 58, on June 30th, before the birthday of our nation, July 4th, find Isaiah 58 and verse 12. Those from among you shall build the old wasted places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for the hour in which we live, where you're moving all over the earth. I pray that you would move in great power today, that you, Lord, would take these lips of clay, take a coal from your altar once again, even as you were so gracious in the first service. God, do it again and even more now in the second. Speak thunder from heaven by your word. May we be changed. May we be transformed. I'm mindful that it's not just us meeting today. We come before your throne of grace, even like on a sea of glass, and make requests and petition and preach your word, knowing that you are going to stand over it to see it performed. So before you, God, and your angels, and before Satan and his demons, we declare that you are enthroned, and we declare your plan for the United States of America we declare healing for the United States of America today in this series and Lord a restoring a rebuilding of the foundations in Jesus name and everyone said amen. amen I listened to the declaration of independence in my home last night in preparation for today I'm a patriot through and through love our country I cry at the Pledge of Allegiance and singing the national anthem. I'm moved by the stars and stripes. I love our military. I love our president. Every one of our presidents I've prayed for since I was born and knew about it. Uh, well, I can't say I was praying when I was born. I was born in 66. I know some of you thought I was born in 77, but that's not true. <laughs> Ever since I knew about prayer, I prayed for our presidents and prayed for the Senate and the Congress. Amen. Prayer makes all the difference. As I listened to the Declaration of Independence, I was moved. 
It was signed on July 4th. It's the birthday of our nation, just a couple days from now, a few days from now. The war that followed, basically a small group of farmers beat the strongest nation in the world. It was absolutely miraculous. And if you study the Revolutionary War and then the forming of the Constitution of the United States, and by the way, the Constitution is totally miraculous. You say, how's that? The Constitution is the longest standing document running any nation. Listen, listen. In the history of the world, it is the longest standing document running any nation. There's a man by the name of Oz Guinness. He's uh, a very astute political thinker and uh, apologist. He's written over 30 books and um, uh, really a, a great man of God. And you can study or read, I think the article is called The Golden Triangle. He calls, it, he calls the uniqueness of the Constitution the Golden Triangle. What's it called? The Golden Triangle. Let me explain to you what he, what he called it, and then we'll tie it into Scripture and this message. He said the first part of the triangle is virtue. It was revelation given to our founding fathers that virtue, uh, that which is right and that which is wrong, is, is actual and found in God's word. It wasn't, it wasn't someone's opinion. It was right and wrong formed by and in their thinking through the word of God. So the founders of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the founders of this great nation understood virtue as from God's word. That's where virtue came from. That which is right, that which is wrong. They didn't see it like they do today as people's opinion on what's right and wrong. They saw it as absolute truth, even as we do from this pulpit, from this sacred desk this morning. And they saw it as revelation given to us by God himself. The second part of the golden triangle as seen in the Constitution. So you'll see virtue. You'll see right and wrong in the Constitution. And it's clear that they're indicating it from God's word. Secondly, you'll see faith, truth in God's word. The church, they understood that this nation was started by those who wanted freedom of religion. They had been persecuted by state-run churches. Come on, the pilgrims came for, for religious, religious purposes. It's the only nation founded on the word of God, although many will argue it's only because they have another agenda and they're ignorant and stupid. The third part of the triangle, I said stupid. The third part of the triangle, the third part of the triangle is freedom. Freedom to elect our leaders. Freedom of speech. The problem with the triangle is if you destroy any part of the triangle of the Constitution, this golden triangle, as Oz calls it, you destroy virtue, it falls apart. You destroy freedom, it falls apart. You destroy any part of that triangle, it falls apart. Now, God has set up three institutions in Scripture. Three institutions of Scripture. The first one is the family. Everybody say the family. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, uniquely male, uniquely female, when come together, produce children, if I could just say it that way, in your hearing this morning, this afternoon now, 12.04. Every part of a male, every cell in his body cries out from his DNA that he's male. Every part of a female cries out that she's female. They're different, genetically different. I, I, uh, I got a text from somebody. It was hysterical. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can find that. Because there's people that want to identify with, well, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Male and female. 
Eric, he said, I thought about losing some weight, but instead I just decided, I, I just decided to identify with thin. So now I'm a trans slender. <laughs> no, you still fat. <laughs> he said trans slender. It doesn't matter who you wanted to identify with. You clearly are what you are based upon God's image in you. And so the family has been under tremendous assignment and attack. These institutions have been set up by God. The family and its basis, the family is the basis for all society. You, draw, you destroy the family. You destroy society. That's instituted by God. The second thing is the church. Now, if you were not here last week, I preached a message on the church and how we are a very unique institution. In fact, eternal. The church is eternal. You're eternal. The church is eternal. You are the church. Church is not a building. Church is people. It's the gathering, those that gather together, the covenant people of faith. We talked about that. The ecclesia, it says in the New Testament, ecclesia is a political word of people that are drawn out. An ecclesia is a group of people drawn out by a caller, and when they vote, it's a legislative body. So when Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, he's not talking about some wishy-washy thing where people just sing a few songs and go home. He's talking about a group of people that are called out of darkness, into the kingdom of light and that when they pray it actually changes things in the earth. I believe that when we reached our hands out to North Korea 12 months ago now that I believe that we were a part of others even praying that turned the heart of that leader that even his heart is turning towards the Lord. Come on! It's amazing. We make a difference. We're the church of the living God. We're not just a bunch of scrubs supposed to go eat dirt. No, we're the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God has instituted the church. He instituted family, instituted the church. Thirdly, government. Everybody say government. You're like, we don't need any government. Oh, yes, we do. Government is God's idea. And you can look at Romans 13 and how the apostle Paul talked about government. We need government. Because if we don't have government, then we won't be, we'll basically end up selfish, selfish and destroying other people's lives. Government helps to protect people. Now, government can be corrupt. That's not that kind of government that God wants. Now, everybody wants to do their own thing. We need laws to protect. It's a governing, a, a, a protection upon nations. Of course, ungodly governments are horrible. We need godly government. Can you say amen? So there's these three institutions that need to be strong. In Psalm 11, verse 3, now we read 1 through 3, but verse 3 shares that the foundations can be destroyed. So I've started this series, the healing healing of, America, of the United States of America. If America is to be healed, our foundations need to be fixed. Our foundations, very simply, are that which I've already mentioned. Family, government, the church, if those are destroyed, if virtue is destroyed, then none of it works. Amen. So let's look at this foundations. No matter, no matter how long you've been in the country, maybe you're new here, maybe you're not aware of what's been taking place. But from the 1950s, which you could go further back, you start looking about how rebellion was sowed in the 20s and, and even before that. But 1950s, very clearly, the beatnik generation. How many of you know what that is? Beatnik generation. Then in the 60s, free love. Open rebellion towards parents, open rebellion towards the church, a rejection of that which is right and wrong. The 60s, free love. It wasn't love and it wasn't free. And it destroyed, began to destroy the families. And in 1973, abortion, Roe versus Wade was voted in. 
And we've basically murdered a whole generation. Destroying families. Fathers have been made fun of. Families have been, have been made fun of on cartoons all around. I mean, it used to be fathers know best, and now fathers are made to be idiots. The foundations of our country, country have been eroded, and, and they certainly can be destroyed. Psalmist asks this question, what can the righteous do? And in Psalm 11, it goes on to say, well, trust in God, basically. That's true. Now, Isaiah 58, in the context of Isaiah 58, is talking about fasting, true and false fasting. There's two different kinds. And it begins to talk about what God will do for those who fast rightly, but it reveals to us the intention of God. In verse 12, those from among you shall build the old wasted places and shall raise up the foundations of many generations. He's talking in the context of judgment that's coming upon Israel. But I believe it can be applied in the hour in which we live in America and in the nations of the world. There is a, a message of hope that I'm giving you this morning. It's a message of hope. The, maybe the foundations of your family have been destroyed. Listen, nations are made of families. If you destroy the family, you can destroy the nation. So there's hope to us that the foundations of families are being restored. Listen, maybe you didn't build rightly, but now as you're hearing the voice of this preacher to you today, you can say, you know something? I need to change some things. I need to change the foundation that's in place. I have a, a dear friend who's trying to sell his house. He went to go sell his house, and then he had somebody come and inspect it. They had a house sale. It was all going through, and they found out the foundation's rotten. It's all bad. The whole thing's gone. Deal off. House doesn't sell Needs a miracle. If your foundation is rotten, then you're going to have a rotten house. I'm talking about your, your spiritual house, your marriage, your children. You have to have a, a firm foundation. Can you say amen? And so it's a message of hope, certainly for me and my family. My parents didn't exactly build right. I'm sure I'm glad for some of the good foundation stones that were there. But man, they certainly had some rotten ones too. And God, having redeemed me, my wife, we made our own family. And we've endeavored to build a firm foundation. I love what my daughter said to me this morning. She said, you know, when I was 15 and 16, I just thought you were just controlling. When I was 15 and 16, I just thought, man, my parents, I'm going to put some words in your mouth, but I've heard you say it before, so I hope it's okay. My parents are just like controlling religious freaks. Can't just go anywhere we want to. Can't just hang out with whoever we want to. Can't just see any kind of movie we want to. Restraints on the internet, restraints on the phone, constantly watching out, training, instructing. But she says, now that I'm older, thank you. Because all the people that made fun of me are wasted. All the people, and I, and I, told, I told her, and I told my son too at 14, 15, 16, Come on, why can't we? And they're like, you can't because watch 10 years from now, you'll see that those who are doing those things are no longer even breathing, many of them, and their lives are destroyed because they don't have a firm foundation. I'm telling you, fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, you need to know where your kids are. You need to know what they're learning. You need to pray and lay hands on them every day they come back from public school. You need to break off defilement, teach them virtue from the Word of God. You need to put a firm foundation because if you don't, you're not going to have a, a family that stands. You'll have a prison ministry. And thank God for prison ministry. But I'm shooting way higher than that. I'm trying to raise up world changers in this world. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
You want to raise up somebody that gets pushed around by every wind and wave of doctrine and ends up smoking crack and shooting drugs. That's up to you. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to preach, pray, and prophesy. I'm going to put the best foundation possibly I can. And I have certainly fallen short of some of that, but I've repented so it's under the blood. Come on, somebody say amen. Isaiah shares what we must do in order to see this happen. So God's speaking to us very simply this, this afternoon. The very, foundations of our, the very foundation of our nation is under attack. And two things. One, narcissism rules. Narcissism is an inordinate, an inordinate fascination with self. We didn't even know what selfies were until maybe five years ago. Selfies. It's a whole generation that thinks way too highly of themselves. It's all about self. And it's really an attitude that, you know, who cares, really, as long as it doesn't affect me. I've got news for you. There were people in World War II that were hiding Jews that hid. And in reading some of the writings, many of them said, if we had only risen up and taken a stand, we had no idea that we would all be carried off into captivity. We had no idea that we were being marched to the gas houses and Auschwitz and put in trains. And so they would hide as they would hear their next door neighbor being taken off, taken and ripped out of their homes with their children. And it's like, at least it's not us, at least it's not us, at least, no, 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 it's soon going to be you. Listen, what happens in our government matters to you. What, what happens in this state matters to you. What happens in the United States, it matters for you and your family. You are not just, you're not going to just be isolated and it just be all good for you. What was that moron in scripture that said, you know, judgment comes and it says, but not in your day. For the sake of your house of the David, for the sake of the house of David, it's not going to happen in your time. But it'll happen to your, your grandchildren. It's like, woo! Thank God. What kind of stupid? It's not going to happen in your lifetime. Hezekiah, not going to happen in your lifetime, but I'm going to neuter all of your grandchildren. What kind of a grandfather is that? He didn't use the word neuter. I threw that in. You know, I have the privilege of uh, working out a few times a week. And you know what's interesting this just happened, is uh, nearly everybody in the gym has headphones on. Nearly everybody. And so it used to be, <laughs> I watched this kid. <laughs> I was just coming into the gym, so I wasn't quite there in time. And he was under some weight that was too heavy for him. But everybody had headphones on. And now if you've ever lifted weights, a part of another generation before they had headphones, if you got stuck, you know, you go, a little help. You know, you just give a little holler, a little help. And people be like, hey, you know, kind of spot and you lift you up. But nobody can hear it. Well, everybody's got headphones on, noise canceling, in fact. Junior boy got squished. He was just fail, 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 pin. And then somebody, somebody noticed him and we're like, bro, you all right? He's like, The whole world is like in a bubble of narcissism. The whole world is. And it's eroding, it's eroding our foundation. Virtue doesn't exist, writing your notes. 
virtue doesn't exist. It's, it's relative now. Virtue. Virtues. Virtue is moral standards, showing high moral standards. And it's relative now. In other words, what you think is a moral standard for you is a moral standard for you. What I think is a moral standard for me is a moral standard for me. But, you know, as long as you believe. You can just think what you think is right. And that's not, that's not even reality. A book that everyone here should read is by C.S. Lewis, especially those of you that are in college or about to go into college, high school students, to help you to think critically. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. It should be read by every single believer. Read it through, and sometimes, I mean, some of those chapters i got to read two and three times. I'm like, what did he say? Wait a second. Learning to think critically. There is right and there is wrong. John Adams, the founding father, said this. Now listen. He said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Let me make it plain. He said, there's no government that can help a people who don't, aren't governed themselves by morality, by truth, by the truth of God's word. If you don't have morality and the truth of God's word in your life, there's no government that can help you. Let me, so let me continue reading. We have no government armed with power or capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, that's an old word called greed, Greed, ambition, revenge would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net of a fisherman. Our Constitution, listen closely now, our Constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the, govern, to the government of any other. So without, really, with, without morality based upon the word, the Constitution doesn't work. Amen. Making laws that are totally insane. Some satanic, satanic high priest opened the, the, the uh, Alaska, I forget what it was, out in Kenai. What kind of moronic, well, how stupid is that? They, don't, they, they do not believe in any of the laws that we have. It's completely evil. So how can you have somebody, how can you have somebody bless that which is doing something that's completely contrary in the name of like freedom of religion? Now, if they want to serve Satan, great. But our government is not based upon satanic law or Sharia law. It's based on God's word. And if it moves away from that, then we've eroded the foundation of our nation and we will soon not exist. But I've got some hope. There's hope coming. Come on, somebody say amen. Family is, a, is another thing that's been systematically undermined. I'm sure you're aware of that. Divorce has become easy. Oh, you burned my toast. I don't like the way you cook my omelet. I'm not attracted to you anymore. I've fallen out of love. Okay, you've just shown that you just don't even know what it is, actually. Can you imagine Jesus falling out of love with you? Which would be easy for him to do in the natural if he had a love like, like humans. He'd, he'd have fallen out of love with me long ago. That we scourged him. He was smitten, rejected by men, a man of sorrows. We esteemed him not, but he was pierced for our transgressions, wounded for our inequity. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. Jesus, love is action. You want to look at love, want to define love, go read Romans 13. Fall out of love has nothing to do with feeling, slick. 
has everything to do with being crucified and dying to yourself and serving the needs of others. Oh, you missed a great place to say amen. But the family's been destroyed. But there's hope. Come on, someone say there's hope. Faith has been seen as not something that should be expressed in the public square. I'm going to tell you something. That's exactly where it should be expressed. Shout it loud. Shout the love of God loud. It seems that he who shouts the loudest gets the most votes or wins. But God is raising up a people. God's raising up a generation. He's raising up restorers of the breach. Can you say amen? You know, it's interesting that the U.S. has never had a tyrant. They tried to make George Washington a king. In fact, they were going to call him uh, King George I. I mean, you read all of that history. He was our first president, of course. But then he passed his powers on to another. And if you look at the nations of the world over the past few hundred years, that's not what you see. You don't see a government like ours. Ours is very unique, very different. There's no tyrant. May there never be. One of the shouts of the Revolutionary War was no king but King Jesus. In actual fact, Jesus, in actual fact, Israel wanted the, I mean, God wanted Israel to have a theocracy. But they rejected him and wanted the king. God's answer very, very simply is, uh, Hannah, would you come please? God's answer to his people is, is the church. I said God's answer is the church. And if you look at our history of our nation, there was always a move of God before there was great trial and difficulty. George Whitfield brought revival along with many others in the Northeast. And if you study the revival there in America prior to the Revolutionary War, it's one of the reasons the Revolutionary War was not a bloody war like, like the a bloody revolution like the French Revolution. The God of the French, no offense if you're French, was reason. The problem with that is that your reason is not necessarily mine, and everybody has an opinion about what's reasonable. The Word of God was the cornerstone of our nation, so our, the revolution, they had, they had constraints. And then our laws made upon God's Word. So God has an answer to His people, and it's the church. We must move from being religious, simply religious observance, to genuine relationship with God. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, anytime, sweetheart, please, and breaking, breaking the Sabbath on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if, look at all these ifs, if, 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 if you honor it by doing, by not going your own way and doing what you please and speaking idle words, then. Everybody say then. If then clause. Anytime you see that in scripture, it's covenant language. So he's saying, if you do this, this, and this, then I do this. You know, God won't do your part. You can't do God's part. He won't do yours. And so the church needs to really rise and become not just a bunch of religious people, but a bunch of people that really love God and out of that relationship begin to live for Him and His Word. If you love me, you'll obey my Word. And when you obey His Word, it releases the blessings of God. I'm telling you, what you want are the blessings of God. Acceptance, security, and significance are the three things that you long for. 
The three things lost in the Garden of Eden, acceptance, security, significance. Those are the three things that Adam and Eve threw away by rejecting the Lord and disobeying and eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And are the very three things that the last Adam purchased back for you, Jesus. He accepts you because of his blood, his death, his resurrection. You're secure in him. He writes you in the very palm of his hand. No one can snatch you out. And he gives you great significance to be alive at this time, John in 15. Make you to have fruit, fruit that remains. We all long for that. And all sin is a wrong attempt to get those needs met. Acceptance, security, significance. Jesus gives them all through his word. We have to move to this genuine relationship with the Lord. He goes on to say, if you keep your feet from breaking Sabbath, if you call the Sabbath a delight, if you honor it by not going your own way, then, look at verse 14, then you'll find your joy in the Lord. Then you'll what? Then you'll find your joy in the Lord. Listen, I know it's hot, but just hang in there for a couple minutes. I'm almost done. God wants to release joy in your life. God wants to release joy in the nation. God wants to release his power. He wants to restore the wasted places, but that doesn't happen through some sloppy agape. It happens by a people who quit being religious and start being relational with him, loving him, serving him, living for him. You know, making church should be something that you see as you get to go, not you have to go. You must have God's heart, verse 6. His heart is to loose the chains of injustice. Now, we didn't read this, but Isaiah 58, 6. Loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke. This is what God wants to do. Context is fasting, but it gives you a picture of God's plan for your life, of God's plan for healing the United States of America. He wants to break the yoke. He wants to heal relational bondage. He wants to heal racial divides. He wants to end Roe versus Wade. I, we're close. We're close. That thing get overturned in Jesus' name. We prophesy revival in America. Lord, at every great juncture in our nation, you brought an outpouring, George Whitfield, and then the revolution. Then Charles Finney and others, and another wave of revival came, and then the Civil War. God, I believe that you're bringing now another wave of revival, another wave of awakening. Awaken America. Restore the wasted places. Restore the broken foundations and start in our families. It starts with you. And if you're addicted to porn, you got all kinds of greed problems, you work yourself into the ground seven days a week, don't tithe, don't honor God, and you expect that God's going to bless you. I've got a news flash for you, sweetheart. It ain't going to happen. God blesses His way. And when you live for God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and you do God's Word, it releases the blessing of God. The only way for our nation to cross over into, into having a healing restoration of the foundation is that you fix your own foundation. Come on, someone say you fix it. It's so easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. Well, I can't believe they took away the Ten Commandments from the Capitol Rotunda. What kind of nation are we in? Pass me a mud bud, would you? Suck down your seventh Budweiser while you're complaining about the Ten Commandments being removed as you sit in your easy chair with your remote control criticizing the quarterback. Shut up. 
When you took the Ten Commandments off of your heart, I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking over everyone. So if you feel like I'm looking at you, that must be the Lord. <laughs> took the Ten Commandments off of our hearts and out of our homes generations ago, but there's a people who are come back to, to begin to obey God. Come on, there's a restore. Is there anybody that's going to restore the wasted places? And Come on, it might have gone on for generations, but it's a new generation starts with you. You can change things. You can be the, the new man. You can be a man of God. You can be a woman of God. Maybe you lived in a home where there was a lot of abuse and God's word wasn't honored, but you can begin to honor it. You can have a restoration in your own family, and I'm going to tell you that if that happens, one family after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next, that we'll see a great revival ensue, not just in the state of Alaska, but in the United States of America. It's time America can be healed. Healing of the United States of America starts with your family. It starts with you. My time is up. Verse 7 talks about the needs of God's people, of the needs of people, bondages broken, people cared for. Verse 9, desire to be righteous. And you'll call and the Lord will answer a picture of answered prayer, a picture of God's intervention. God will intervene. You begin to pray. God answers prayer. And you will call and the Lord will answer. When you cry for help, you will say, here am I. Prayer makes a difference. Every great revival is, is it was started by prayer first. We're in the midst of a prayer movement. It's taking place. Part of the goal of this house is to go 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's part of the goal of the vision of this place. Some of you, some of you just pray over your food. I, I, listen, praying over your food, praise God. You need to stretch a little bit more. Guidance and provision, verse 11. I'll strengthen your frame. Woo! Oh, look at this. Then the Lord will guide you always. This is so the word of the Lord for right now. Watch this. He will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs as in a sun-scorched land. Oh, God. Alaskans are funny. They're like, oh, it's so hot. It's like 75. It's way hotter than hell. I got news for you. We can make a difference. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at four. We honor God by making institutions he set up strong. Make your family strong. Make this church strong. Make the church of the living God strong. How? Serve. Be a part of it. Be a part of a team. Get involved. Pull one of those cards out. Come on, pull one of these out and, and fill it in. Drop it off. Join a team. If you're new, we're so glad you're here. We'd love to minister to you. Fill these things out. Plug in. We need more people in worship, more people in prayer. The truth is, we're doing good. You need to get involved for you. Get involved in government. I said get involved in government. So glad to have Mayor Edna here. We love you, Mayor Edna. We love you. Thank you for the hard work that you do. There's a whole generation that needs to get involved in government. Do the right thing. Get, in, get involved. Get involved in government. Get involved in the community. Why? Because we need to rebuild the wasted places. We can make a difference. I'm almost done. Here I go. This is my final close. We can make a difference. 
And what kind of judgment comes on our land? What are you talking about? What kind of judgment? There's a kind of judgment that is what I would call merciful judgment. That's like when you get spanked. You know, it's, it, there's, there's the, the rod of the Lord. It's correction because the Lord loves you. But it's not, it's not termination. It's a slap and a correct from the Lord where you go, okay, I don't, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. And then you start living right for God. That's a merciful judgment. But if you don't adjust your living to the merciful judgment, then you get the real thing. Now, of course, in its, its, final, its final phase, and I just preached on this, I think it was Wednesday night. In its final phase, it, the judgment seated the believer. Or judgment for you in, in literally outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will not make it into heaven. You live a lifestyle separated from God's word. I don't care what you heard on what preacher told you something else. Read God's word. 1 Corinthians 6, so many different places. You cannot live in rebellion towards God and expect that he's going to let you into, into the kingdom. That's not how that works. Stand up on your feet. The last one. We see a great revival sweeping our nation. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. I see it. Does anybody else see it? I see a great revival. I see a great awakening sweeping our nation. God, we pray now every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in the closing moments of this service. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to him all across this place. If you've never given your heart to Jesus or you want to recommit, every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, that's me. I want heaven to be my home. I want my sins forgiven. If that's you, on the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Do it now. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you online, perhaps. Thank you. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Help me to build a right foundation and to restore the wasted places in my family, in my life and build something great through me. Use me to bring healing to the United States of America starting with my family. Amen. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender and we're almost done. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill touch. Baptize afresh right now. Break every bondage, every chain. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.